Hey, neighbor. Welcome back. Hey, neighbor. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing pretty great. Can't complain at all. What are you drinking there? I am drinking a Fractal Lab Mosaic from Equilibrium Brewery. How about you? Uh, well, I just polished off the Great Lakes IPA that you uh, dropped over the fence for me this week. Uh, but now I'm on to a K2 Brewing IPA here. Um, where is this out of? This is out of Rochester. But uh, hey, I think it's probably a, a time we update the uh, the listeners kind of on where our uh, baseball bets are at since we're drinking each other's uh, victory beers here. Absolutely. This is the one that is a week late, which you actually ironically just gave back to me um, the other day. So I appreciate that. Yeah, you're very welcome. Well, uh, I am kind of, well, I'm in the hole quite a bit as it turns out. I think I'm, <laughs> what, I'm, I'm about, what, 10 behind overall? Overall, you're 10 behind, and this week we actually are even. So, Well, and the only reason I won last week is because you forgot to set your line up. <laughs> yeah, I was out of town in Ohio um, with my family, and I forgot to set my line up on Saturday, which resulted in basically uh, us tying. Had I even set one team and picked somebody, whoever was playing, oh, I don't know, the Twins or maybe the Pirates, I probably would have had two beers coming towards me. Yeah, probably. Um, although that being said, uh, it was your birthday last week. So happy belated birthday. Um, so I did, there were some extra beers in there as well as a, uh, as uh, a yes, birthday thank gift. You. So, yes. Um, but. Well, thank you for that. Thanks for the birthday wish. Uh, yes, there was a random four pack of IPAs delivered from my neighbor with a U. I appreciate it very much. So. And uh, most importantly, the balloon attached, which was really just a way of me getting the balloon out of my house. But uh, so thank you for that. But uh, it worked well as a birthday gift. The balloon was a big hit with my three-year-old daughter. So. Oh, well, perfect. Well, it's, you know, the, the least that we could do. Um, yes. But uh, if the listeners remember as well, uh, Jay and I were on our way golfing the last time that we spoke here on the podcast. Um, so I'm going to bring that up uh, mainly because I won. Um, and, uh, ended up at least on the plus side, but, uh, I should have had a lot more money out of your pocket if only my putter worked that day. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think you won about $3, um, overall, which was big money, big money paid well to you directly via Venmo. However, um, your putting resulted in multiple, multiple three putts, which came back my way and was very much appreciated. Yeah, I probably... I'm pretty sure I landed closest to the pin on at least one, if not two holes, but then just gave it back to you on a three putt, um, which is, uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to have to go to the green and work on my six to six to 10 footers um, because uh, yeah, that, that cost me a lot of money. Um, and yeah. of course by a lot of money, I think I mean like $3, but uh, when you're out there playing for, you know, 25, 50 cent dollar, uh, you know, amounts <laughs> per hole, uh, three bucks is like, you know, it's like a paycheck almost out there. So without a doubt, but Hey, you know what though? At least, um, at least we had a lot of fun. It was great to finally get out together at the season, you know, enjoy the, the weather and the greens and, uh, teeing them high and letting them fly. It was a lot of fun. So can we talk about bill for a sec? Okay, let's do it. I mean, so we, we <laughs> cleverly tried to, uh, you know, play by ourselves. So really we, we booked for a foursome and then last minute tried to cancel. So we wouldn't have to play with anybody else, but there was somebody there who was, you know, waiting for an opening. And so this, uh, older gentleman named Bill, uh, joined our group, very lovely man, as it turns out, but he was what, like 76, 
yeah, or something like that, and walked the course. Walked the course while Christian and I were both riding our uh, golf carts, um, you know, as anyone would do on a Sunday morning. And he destroyed us. Yeah. If he was 76, he may have actually shot a 76. Let's be honest. So I, I just remember like the first drive and he just put it, what, 280 probably? Yeah. Like in the fairway. And I was like, oh gosh, here we go. Like, in my first drive, I was already looking for my ball. <laughs> and so that, that entire, that entire round, it just became just effing Bill as he's exactly. just crushing us uh, throughout the entire course. But again, lovely gentleman for a random person who ended up playing with us. Um, no, he was, he was, a, he was a pleasure, but, um, but yeah, it, it, nothing humbling on a Sunday morning, like a 76 year old who is absolutely just destroying you, um, you know, when you're in your thirties and forties. But that being said, he does golf like three to four times a week. So yeah, honestly, I'm hoping at 76 years of age, I can be golfing like he can, um, or even being able to hit a ball 280 yards, but I only really care if I'm 76 that I'm golfing three to four times a week. I don't care how yeah. well I'm golfing. I just want to be golfing yeah. that often because that means I've done something right in retirement um, to be able to afford myself that luxury. But Without a doubt. I mean, I think the big thing, too, was also the fact that it was at least good that even though somebody did join us, we were not holding him up. Or he, Yeah, he was he was not holding us up. We were holding him up. Well, yeah, I was going to say, and and we probably would have held him up even more if we weren't driving the carts because (laughs) having to go look for the ball, if we had to walk, then (laughs) then we would have taken forever. Uh, That's funny. All right, well, Jay, just before we get started here, uh, being that this is the dad joke loading podcast, I got a dad joke for you. All right, I'm ready for it. What has four wheels and flies? Hmm. Not sure. What is it? A garbage truck. (laughs) All right, you ready? Ready You ready to get this thing started? Let's load it up. I hate negative numbers so much, I'll stop at nothing to avoid them. I'm Christian, and that's Neighbor Without a UJ. And this is the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. Uh, We're so thankful that you're here uh, listening to us, hanging out with us this week. Um, I would be remiss if I did not offer a few thank yous before getting started. As always, producer Ryan, uh, thank you for making us sound as good as we can. We know we put you in a tough spot each week. Um, Michael Spicer Music, uh, for all of the intro music, stingers, sound effects, everything you hear. Michael Spicer Music, Michael Spicer Composer on Instagram. Um, our, uh, wives and daughters, of course, for, uh, letting us do this and Jay's sons, of course, I'm assuming they're also letting him do this, uh, on this fine Thursday evening. Um, Vishal Murthy, the vet cartoonist, uh, for the image branding and everything. And then of course you, the listeners, because really without you, it would just be two guys talking to each other with, uh, more than expensive enough microphones who live (laughs) next door. Uh, but, uh, Jay, before we get started, why don't you take a minute here, um, and promote your podcast? Uh, it came from the eighties. Yeah, Christian, of course. Thanks. Once again, thanks for having me, uh, sit in as a guest host. Really appreciate, really love listening to the dad joke loading podcast. But in addition, I'm going to make a challenge out to all of my Canadian listeners to this podcast. I have yet to have one Canadian listener 
subscribe or download this podcast. So, oh, okay, uh, all right, Canada, step up. That's right. So shout out, but yeah, really though, look out there. It's all available on all major podcasting networks: Apple Pod, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music. It's called "It Came from the '80s," and it is a podcast about two zenial best friends reminiscing about the greatest decade in their lives. In short, my best friend Tony and I get together. We choose a topic for the week. We did one on the NES. We drew one on growing up in the 80s. We did one uh, recently on um, He-Man and Masters of the Universe. And basically, we break down the topic. We talk about it. We reminisce about our virgin stories, our first introduction to that topic, reminisce about how it brought us together as friends, and then introducing that topic to our children and whether or not it's still relevant in the 21st century. I got to admit, Jay, the uh, most recent episode about Garbage Pail Kids, um, which was something that was just like slightly before my time as sure. a kid. Um, I really, really liked the episode with all the kind of like controversies with it on TV and just like it definitely would not hold up nowadays. Um, no. But it's just kind of funny how uh, how that all kind of translate over the decades. But no, really good episode. Like you said, it came from the 80s. Check it out. But uh, Jay, um, I feel like we got to start off here and talk about, we got to go to live baseball earlier this month. Yes, and, we did. And, and uh, so we got to go to the Toronto Blue Jays, or I guess the Buffalo Blue Jays, as they're currently called, um, in their first game back um, at Salem's Field. So uh, Jay, what do you think it was like being back at live sports again? Oh, it was absolutely amazing and awesome. Um, as Christian mentioned, you know, um, Christian and I did go to the first game with fans in Buffalo for almost for over well over 100 years. Um, Major League Baseball was originally played in Buffalo back in the Federal League in the turn of the early 20th century. But this was the first time that with with COVID and the restrictions of the border being closed, that Major League Baseball was held in attendance with fans. There was about 6,000 of us or so, and it was great. I mean, we obviously sat in the vaccinate section. And we were uh, shoulder to shoulder, and um, it just felt like normalcy. I guess the best thing about it was not, not having a problem, one, buying a $9 beer um, for uh, to watch baseball, two, the roar of a crowd, three, the attendance, everyone was excited, um, and four, it was just the fact that, you know, Major League Baseball in Buffalo in a nice, warm summer June day, it was awesome. It really was great. Yeah, there's nothing quite like just the kind of uh, periphery and the so I mean, the baseball action, obviously awesome. But then there's also just the entire experience that comes with it. So, you know, the the sounds, uh, you know, like you mentioned, the uh, the nine dollar beers, the, um, you know, overpriced, uh, you know, quote unquote sausage on a bun that like you're going <laughs> to eat anyway because you're there and you need something to, you know, with the beer uh, and you're OK with it. Um, shout out to those pizza logs though. Oh, underrated, man. underrated. Yeah. For our Canadian friends, if you've never had a pizza log, it's probably definitely one of a, uh, uh, minute, small Buffalo delicacies. I would say maybe it's hit a larger area outside of Western New York, but imagine basically a mozzarella stick, except it's a pizza stick, a pizza log. And then you dip it in, in uh, in sauce, red sauce that, uh, you'd enjoy, um, three or four at a time. It's quite enjoyable. Jay, how did you feel about the COVID precautions at the park? Because, um, I mean, there were still some mask rules at that point um, mm -hmm. because there were still now. Now, I don't think there are any. Um, but, uh, yeah, what how, what did you think about those? Do you think it affected the experience or were you kind of just happy to be out there anyway? So it didn't really matter. 
You know, I, I really didn't feel like it uh, affected my experience at all, you know, per se. Um, you know, obviously, like as Christian's mentioned in previous podcasts and we've discussed as neighbors before, you know, you become accustomed here in Western New York to wearing a mask pretty much everywhere you go, right? So checking in, uh, validating and verifying your vaccination, walking through the concession stands, um, you had to wear a mask just like if you were to go into a grocery store two months ago. Now, uh, and then once you're outside in the open air space, now it was, you know, no mask on. So I felt I felt completely comfortable. Um, I've been vaccinated for a few months now. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I you know, my, my children still wear masks, you know, because they're unvaccinated when we go to stores and things like that. And I felt the fact that the precautions and everything that uh, the the Toronto Blue Jays have done at Salem's Field were, were in line and uh, I had no concerns whatsoever. How about you? Yeah, no, it was it was one of those things, actually. So our wives went with us as well. Um, and so um, I was talking with my wife after the fact. And it was funny that we we felt a little bit uh, anxious kind of getting there, um, I think, because it was kind of the first major event, really, or crowded thing that either of us had really done. Um, Same here. And so I think there was just maybe a little bit of yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, I'll say anxiety, but maybe just, you know, it's uh, uh, just a little bit on edge, just being cautious. Um, and so, but then honestly, once we got into our seats and like you mentioned, we kind of took our masks off and that first swig of beer, um, it was kind of, uh, you know, it was like, oh, right, this is how this feels. Um, but, um, and so I don't think it was, it was too bad after that. And like you mentioned, we've been so used to wearing masks for so long that getting up to go to the bathroom, you know, you put your mask on or going to, uh, the concession stand and you're standing in line wearing your mask. Isn't really that different, um, you know, than we've been doing previously up until this point. So, um, but yeah, it was kind of just nice to get, uh, you know, even though, I mean, other than the four of us, I mean, we were basically in a crowd of people we didn't know. It was almost nice no. to be amongst strangers, as weird as that sounds. No, um, it really you know, just was. Just in the, in, the, in the stadium. Um, I'll admit as well, a little bit selfishly, it was really nice to just see the Canadian um, advertising. I know we chat about this at the stadium. Just the Canadian advertising on the outfield wall. Um, it was just really funny because, I mean, I still haven't been back to Canada, right? So it's been, uh, well, going on 17 months now uh, since I've been to back to Canada. But just seeing, you know, Honda and, uh, you know, WestJet and all of the yeah. because obviously for the Blue Jays, it's still on TV. So they have the Canadian advertising. So it's just really funny, just that little kind of, uh, um, you know, dose of home, you know, just to see those on the <laughs> on the on the outfield wall, just to see uh, just to see those types of things. So that was that was really nice. Yeah, that is funny. I mean, you you can see WestJet being advertised, yet you can't catch a flight like from that company here in uh, in Western New York at all. But you know, um, for sure, no, it was cool. I mean, um, without a doubt, a fantastic experience. Something that I'll never forget. As a lifelong baseball fan, um, I never thought that we'd ever actually have a Major League Baseball game live that actually counted in the standings here in Buffalo. I remember as a kid. Back when the Buffalo Bisons, who are the AAA affiliate of the Blue Jays, who play normally at Salem Stadium, who are actually now playing in New Jersey of all places, um, are would actually sometimes play their Major League Baseball affiliate. So I remember as a kid seeing the Bisons play the Pirates and being like, wow, how cool is it that Bobby Bonilla is playing um, in, at that time, called Pilot Field, right, in the, in the early 90s. 
But um, to actually see a real baseball game be pay- played in Buffalo, especially when there were they were close at times in the late 80s, early 90s through expansion. Um, and then there was the possible relocation rumors of, oh, the San Francisco Giants are going to move to Buffalo or move to Toronto or the Montreal Expos are going to move to Buffalo. And no one actually ever did. And then the fact that, you know, even if it's 30 more games and then they move back to Toronto, um, they go down back to Florida, maybe for the playoffs. Um, we could at least say we had the summer of 2021 to go to games. And we're going to a game uh, upcoming this week as well, you and I. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're going back. We had so much fun. We're going to go do it again. Um, but uh, since we've kind of added Salem's Field onto our list of stadiums that we've been to, I know we've had this conversation before. Um, it, it's actually really funny. I don't remember the specific day that we realized this, but um, I got a gift um, from uh, from my wife, um, which was a little um, scratch off of all of the different baseball stadiums because my wife knows that one of my goals is to make it to all of them. And then uh, one day we were uh, hanging out, Jay and I, in his basement bar. Um, and I look over and sure enough, he has the exact same scratch off <laughs> poster. But of course, like the jerk that he is, several more scratched off than I have. Um, but uh, so we're kind of on the same path here of trying to, you know, hit as many as we can. So now that you've, uh, I guess we've added Salins, although that's not on the scratch off list, of course. Um, what is, uh, what are, what do you think, what are your kind of top two or three kind of stadiums or stadium aspects that you've been to? Sure, sure. So um, yeah, Christian, I am a stadium chaser, I guess, as you can call it. Um, I have been to 20 of the 30 stadiums, which um, is is pretty pretty good, I think, so far. Well, 21, um, I guess, if you count. Well, 21, uh, Sal- yeah. Yeah, Salins, but yeah. The missing 10, though, are the obscure ones, right? The ones where there's not really a lot of other ones that you can catch. You, we know we talk about that great trip that you took right after you graduated vet school where you're able to catch, you know, uh, both games in New York and then Boston all within a short distance via train. But obviously, so it's the most more obscure ones. It's, you know, it's it's Colorado, it's Minnesota, it is um, Arizona. Those are the weird ones that not weird ones, but ones that I've been able to get to. But some of the ones that I actually um, love is, you know, I am a diehard Yankee fan. Grew up in a Yankee house growing up as a kid. Well, forgive my, you. <laughs> but my most favorite stadium of all the stadiums I've been to, ironically, is Fenway Park, and it probably has to just do with the entire just nostalgicness factor of the entire stadium, right? It's, it's that throwback. I really like Wrigley as well. Um, love obviously what they did with, you know, Camden Yards at Oriole Park because it's sort of like that initial throwback. Shout out obviously to HOK Sports, which actually used Salem's Field, which is downtown in Buffalo. They built before they built Camden Yards. Um, but honestly, more recent stadiums, it's really hard to explain why you can't go to Petco Park in San Diego or PNC Park in Pittsburgh as they are just gorgeous, gorgeous parks, large concourses, that big feel. Um, PNC Park has that great view of, of the river with the Roberto Clemente Yellow Bridge and the city skyline. Pepco Park is very similar, and they have tremendous amounts of amazing American IPAs in San Diego, so it's hard to oh, really? okay. hate that. Yeah, as well. So, yeah, my uh, I would say PNC is up there for me. I think it's it's so gorgeous. Uh, just that view that you get, like you said, with the bridge in the background and everything. 
Um, and uh, no, I get I get Fenway Park 100 percent. Obviously, growing up a Blue Jays fan, you know, again, we have uh, not only a rivalry with the Yankees, but the Red Sox as well. But that park is just it's rich in history. Um, it's almost like a um, museum almost in and of itself. Uh, and I don't mean that in that it's old, although it is. Um, but just in terms of it's just a, an architectural genius um, of, of everything there. And, and just a little like obscure, you know, pesky pole. And mm-hmm. then the right, the right center field gap there, which is that random like 420 foot little, like, you know, little uh, triangle there in the back. The red um, seat. The red seat, the, if you know. The me. red seat, exactly. Yeah, you the got mo- it. The, the monster. I mean, it's Every, yeah. just everything about it. It's one of the more yeah. unique ballparks that there, um, that there are out there. Um, so that was certainly a, a, a favorite of ours. Although I will admit, you know what? I really did um, enjoy the one trip that we did. Now, which trip would this have been? It wasn't the graduation trip. Um, although I will admit, just quick aside here, New Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. nowhere near as good as the old one um but personal opinion but uh, i've uh we went to new yankee stadium obviously on that trip but i actually really liked philadelphia as well uh it's just a neat park um you know the neat kind of surrounding there which was which was pretty cool so i really liked that park as well um that trip we did uh let me see we did pittsburgh philly baltimore and washington nice. um, all in one trip kind of went straight down the line there um, which was which was pretty neat. But uh, what were some of the favorite? I mean, every park has their kind of unique, either kind of signature mm-hmm. or or kind of thing about them. What were some of your kind of favorite unique things um, about, or maybe least favorite things um, about the particular stadiums that you've been to so far? Yeah, I mean, a couple jump out to me real quick. I mean, the one thing that jumps out to me was uh, Detroit Stadium behind center field had like this mini amusement park with like kids rides that they could go on like a mini, a mini scrambler, little rides. I'm like, wow, this is unique and different. At Comerica? Yeah. Yeah. I went there. Oh, this was a few years ago. I don't remember. When did you go there? This was early 2000s. So maybe. Oh, okay. So down. before I was gonna say, cause yeah. I remember when I went, yeah. um, well, it would have been in August because the Lions were playing a preseason game that day. I don't, okay. I, to be honest with you, but I mean, that was, oof, this could have been 10 years ago. So I don't. I honestly don't remember that. Um, yeah. But uh, that would be kind of that would be kind of neat just to check out, you know, or take the yeah. kids on a few rides. But you you just you just mentioned uh, Citizens Bank Arena, you know, stadium where where Philly plays. They actually have in their right center field um, a great kids area. So obviously, we um, went there with my wife and my my kids, and we ended up meeting a friend there with her kids. And they end up having an entire kids area where you could like do like this hot dog toss, a climbing brick, a climbing rappel wall that you could climb. And it was great because you could watch the game from right center field. You could um, have a beer because there was a great beer stand literally right next door and your kids could just play. And because, I mean, it's really hard taking kids to games unless they love baseball to entertain them for three hours. That's a long and well, and baseball, you have to. You have to love it to watch it. So just yeah, sit there and watch yeah. it. Um, so yeah, I could I could see that. I mean, I think they're only smart to have a really good beer stand next to the kids' area, right? I feel like that's yeah. almost a a self preservation tactic there for parents. But yeah, 
But two other real quick fun things that I like. Uh, Boston, love the concept that you essentially the gates are outside the stadium and you go through them. And then once you're in, you can have that in and out feeling of going in and out of the stadium, go outside of the stadium to restaurants that are right outside on Yawkey Drive. Um, that's really cool. Never thought that before. Love Wrigley Field with the Ivy and they raise the white W flag when they win. That's a cool tradition. Uh, two things that I really dislike about a couple stadiums. Sorry, Toronto, but when the <laughs> but when the Rogers Center dome closes, it just feels like I need to I fall asleep. It just drains the love out of there. And I have to say the same thing about Minute Maid Park, where the Houston Astros play. I just don't think baseball deserves to be played in a dome. Um, give me the open air stadium. I feel like it just sucks everything out. For me as a fan, I don't like it. Sorry. So you probably really don't like Tampa Bay then, huh? I've never been, and I probably would not. That's probably going to be the 30th one that we go to, right? <laughs> Just because, yeah. yeah. Let's hope they knock it down and they build another one. But, um, you know, honestly, though, I, I have been to Marlins Park, and that is a dome as well. Uh, but they have that. Re- they used to have that really weird and unique uh, thing in center field. Yeah. Um, but they have the Bobblehead Museum, actually, is one of the items that's actually in Marlins Park, and that's cool for anybody who collects bobbleheads. Like when you and I got our Vlad Guerrero at the Bisons game a couple yeah, years ago. That's right. Yeah. Um. Actually, it's it's really funny. Uh, you mentioned the the Philly Stadium. Uh, we went when we went there. We got a Carlos Ruiz bobblehead. We planned that one on purpose to make sure because nice. it was bobblehead day that day. Um. One of the kind of unique things that I really liked, uh, so you mentioned Boston with the kind of outdoors area. Previous episode of the Dad Joke Loading Podcast is actually where we uh, met the the group of pilots. Uh, so there's that origin story in there where we met our group of pilot friends who have now become lifelong friends of our uh, Chris and I's. Um, so check out that episode as well. Um, but uh, the uh, the singing of Sweet Caroline was was actually something I I, I know it's kind of cheesy. But that was really something that was kind of nostalgic and kind of cool for for us to to experience in person. You know, you see it on TV and you're kind of like, yeah, OK. But then as soon as you get there, you're belting it out as, you know, I don't think I've ever sang or yelled, you know, bah, 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 like as loud as, <laughs> as I've. Now, I was also several adult beverages into that evening by that point. So that probably helped. But um, which was which was fun. But uh, um they actually the um it's it's not one of my more favorite stadiums but uh city field actually has a pretty neat uh museum in it uh which i thought was kind of cool it's also right next to flushing meadows i'm a i'm a huge tennis nerd so uh it's right next to flushing meadows where the us open was played and there's just something about the big apple uh you know when it uh, when they hit a home run and that giant apple just comes out at the <laughs> comes out of that, center field for no reason that, it's so that, it's so random but i love it that is pretty cool for sure i remember when uh, uh this was on a different trip but um my brother was in school in Manhattan at the time, and my dad is a huge Pirates fan. And so the Pirates were in New York that weekend. So we went to my brother's graduation and then took my dad to a Pirates game. Well, we ended up sitting in the Pittsburgh Pirates family section somehow, uh, which was <laughs> kind of random. But the Pirates absolutely crushed the Mets that year. Now, granted, this was several years ago when the Pirates actually had winning seasons. I know they're back to their normal kind of pirate ways at this point. But um, 
We uh, And so they were crushing them. It was like 10 to nothing or something like that. And then there was a rain delay. And so we sat there. We were thankfully undercover. So we uh, were there for about, you know, 30 minutes or so. Um, and then uh, and then the game started. And then in the ninth inning, it was like 12 nothing. And finally, one of the Mets hit a home run. And by then, <laughs> I think most of the people had left. But I just stood up and cheered my butt off, even though my dad's sitting there next to me with his pirate's hat on, looking at me like I'm an idiot. But I was just cheering because it was just so hilarious, the point that there's this just big apple going off and there's the fireworks and everything. But it was a solo shot in the bottom of the, uh, bottom of the ninth down, 12 to nothing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that hey, was kind of funny. You, you got to see what you wanted to see was. You got to see the big apple. I got to, I got, you know what? I came to New York to see the big apple and I got the price of admission. I bet you that guy was, you know, there's probably a guy on there, uh, on the call, just like on the button, right? Like he's probably just sitting there waiting right with the button. And he was waiting eight and a half innings to do that. Um, and he was just sitting there waiting and he got his chance. So, uh, so, uh, happy, happy for that guy. But, uh, we're going to take a quick break here on the Dad Joke Loading Podcast here with Neighbor Jay, guest hosting uh, here this week. Um, but we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, uh, we're going to do a, a fun kind of recurring segment. And then we're going to do a kind of spin off on Jay's podcast. So stay tuned. We'll be right back here. This is the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Loading Dad and Instagram, Dad Joke Loading Podcast. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm sound designer and composer Michael Spicer, and I want to help you with the audio in your podcast. Do you need theme music or background music in a specific genre? We've got 8-Bit. Orchestral. Or just chill. Visit michaelspicermusic.com and contact me. All my social media stuff's there too, so you know, whatever you want. Goodbye. Welcome back to the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. We got Neighbor Without a UJ joining us here, guest hosting the podcast. Make sure you check him out at It Came From The 80s Podcast, available wherever you get your podcast. Now, Jay, I always forget, uh, but uh, give the listeners here your Twitter and Instagram so they can check you out. Yep, it's the same for both IG and Twitter. It's Came From The 80s, right on there. Um, so appreciate a like and a follow. We're always posting uh, pictures on Instagram of all reoccurring topics that we talk about in uh, that week's top topic. So, for example, we just dropped our episode on Garbage Pail Kids uh, about a week ago, and uh, my co-host Tony is a huge Garbage Pail Kids collector. He's got a lot of graded uh, former unopened packs, rare cards. We throw them up there for our listeners, throw out a bunch of uh 80s hashtags to try to pull in another audience. But yeah, it's uh, appreciate a like and a follow and a listen to our pod. Thanks. Uh, hope, you, hope you like it. Alrighty. So we're going to do a recurring segment here. Um, and this is a new one to the Dad Joke Loading podcast, at least at the time of recording. Um, and this, this segment is called Love It or Shove It. 
Now, Jay, um, I was actually having a conversation with my wife, and we kind of got into a heated discussion about a particular item. And I feel like there are some controversial, I say controversial, I mean um, polarizing topics where some people either love something or they despise it. Most of them seem to center around food, uh, you know, <laughs> so, but uh, all that is to say, you know, we, uh, and so we're going to make uh, an episode here, uh, a segment here, I should say, on uh, the episode called Love It or Shove It. So are you ready to play? Let's play it. All right, so we're just going to kind of go through these kind of rapid fire, and really, I just want you know, love it obviously uh, if you're if you're in on it or shove it, and a quick explanation as to why. Okay, so we're going to start us here right off at the bat. The first one: pineapple on pizza. Love it or shove it? Love it. Oh, shove it. Get out. Hey, no, I mean any, anything except mushrooms. Give me. I mean, I just I don't like mushrooms, so. Pineapple oh. can be on a pizza for me. It's fine. Uh, Chris loves it too, and uh, it almost ended our friendship. But uh, all right, <laughs> next one. Ketchup on mac and cheese. Love it or shove it? Shove it. Yeah, shove it, right? If it's if it's mac and cheese, it it's mac and cheese. It tastes great on its own. I agree. All right, um, next one. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Love it or shove it? Love it. It's uh, It's meat between two pieces of bread. I mean, I can't argue with you, but I'm going to say shove it. And the reason I say that is because I just don't – I maybe I'm a sandwich traditionalist. It just – I don't think it fits the criteria. I know you say meat between two pieces of bread. Technically, a bun is one. It's attached at the bottom. Um, and so I'm going to say shove it, but that's me. What if you actually take the two pieces of the bun and make them apart, and then you have a top and a bottom? Then you just have a broken bun and a messy lunch. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it makes it a sandwich. All right, next one. Drinking tap water. Love it or shove it? Love it. It's water. And we have really healthy water here in western New York where 20% of the world's water is made. Great Thanks to the Great Lakes. So I'll say love it. Yeah, Great Lakes. I mean, I grew up on tap water. I mean, honestly, until I met my wife, um, I never drank anything other than tap water. Um, so now we have one of those, uh, I guess they're like the osmosis filters now. Um, so, I mean, I use that because it's right next to the tap, I suppose. But uh, I grew up on tap water and I drink it all the time. Apparently, some people think it's disgusting, but I don't know. I'm still here. So, uh, <laughs> so I say love it. All right. Next one. Horror movies. Love it love or shove it. it. Love it. Now shove it. See, I I uh, do not find being scared an enjoyable experience. Um, I also know that I am a huge wimp, um, so I get scared even in movies where the part of that movie is not even supposed to be scary. Uh, so I will. You'll never catch me watching a horror movie. Way back when I was in high school, I had a girl break up with me because I wouldn't go see a horror movie with her, um, and I was okay with it because I was like, nah, not for me. Total shove it. Next uh, I, one. I love horror movies, so it's it's love it for me. Sushi. Love it or shove it? Love it. It's so good, right? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, I uh, side story here. Didn't really like sushi until about five, six years ago. Give me a California roll, but now uh, anything raw, throw it on, and I will put it down my belly. Yeah, so good. Next one. Cilantro. Love it or shove it? Shove it. I don't know. Doesn't really do anything for me. Oh, really? See, I could like I give it give me a, a cilantro plant and I'll chew on it like a rabbit. Like I'll just sit there and chew on cilantro. <laughs> Some people say it tastes like soap. 
Um, and but no, I could yeah, cilantro straight in my veins. Um, so love it for me on that one. All right, next one: orange juice with pulp. Love it or shove it? I gotta shove it, buddy. Yeah, shove it. What's the point? Like, I don't want I don't want stuff stuck in my teeth. No, honestly, know. like like use a strainer and just get that stuff out of there. Yeah, no, pulp free. It's you know, it's yeah. I had a, no, there's no reason for pulp in orange juice. I have yet to find somebody who can convince me of even a good reason for it that I could be like, all right, I see that, but it's not for me. Nope, can't. Nobody has yet. It's just no. It's disgusting. All right, black licorice. Love it or shove it. Shove it. I'm a red vines, red licorice guy all day long. Yeah, I I can't stand black licorice. I don't know what uh, what the deal is there. It just it's not an appealing candy to me at all. So, all right, next one: vinegar on fries. Love it or shove it? Shove it. Give me ketchup. Yeah, my dad loves vinegar on fries, but apparently it turns out that he did that just so my mom then won't steal his fries. <laughs> so, uh, power move by him. That's a boss move. Although I will admit, um, and this is a weird concept I understand, but in my high school cafeteria, when I was growing up, when I was in high school, they had this mixture that they would advertise. And I, I kid you not, it was gravy, vinegar, and ketchup all on top of the fries. And I know it sounds like, why would you ever combine those together? It was delicious because you got the savory from the gravy. You got the obviously kind of acid from the vinegar, and then you got the uh, sweet from the ketchup. Um, I don't know why it's one of those things, you know, where you put them all together and somehow it works. Um, I ate way too many of those fries when I was in high school. Now in high school, I was like the, like the skinny kid that ate whatever he want and still like <laughs> didn't put on any weight. So maybe that's why I liked it so much. Um, but, uh, vinegar on fries on its own, nah, shove it. But, uh, my dad will still do it. So my mom to this day, they've been married almost 40 years and to this day he'll put vinegar on his fries. So my mom can't get any, but next one, spicy food, love it or shove it. Love it uh, with an asterisk. Depending on the food, I'm not crazy about certain um, certain national nationality foods. If it was like Thai food, certain ones I just don't really like as spicy. But if it's things like chicken wings, if it's things like um, other types of food, then I love it for sure. How about you? Uh, love it, but kind of with the same caveat. You know, there are certain things certain spicy foods i'm not as big of a fan of but since you mentioned chicken wings we're both in western new york currently if you're going out for wings are you getting a hot wing uh i'm getting i'm probably getting a medium wing because here in western new york a medium wing is hot right um and it depends if i'm driving or i am the dd because usually if at the, the hotter the wings the more beer i'm drinking fair enough um, Right, because uh, you got to find a way to ease that mind, and I don't really feel like grabbing a glass of milk at that time. <laughs> yeah, there's there's aren't there are too many wing joints that also just have dairy on the menu that you can just eat, I suppose. Um, but yeah, no, I do love myself a hot wing, but I feel like I have to be um, prepared for. It. Yeah, if I'm just going out for wings, I'm probably getting a medium just because it's a more um, enjoyable casually enjoyable exactly yeah exactly as opposed to like if i'm going for hot wings you know that's what i want um then i'll do it but i'm typically going medium okay weird one 
uh, because it's a trigger for me. But clowns, love it or shove it? I'm going to say love it. Um, clowns, like I think of clowns, you know, if, it, if it's a clown at the circus, they do nothing for me. But then I think about clowns in horror movies, right? Uh, Art the Clown, you know, killer clowns from outer space. How could anybody think about the Joker, one of the greatest uh, villains from a comic book series? However, if I happen to run across a clown holding a big mallet in the middle of a dark alley, then I'm shoving him and I'm running. <laughs> so I am shove it until the end of time. Uh, there is a special place in hell for clowns as far as I'm concerned. Um, I've been terrified of clowns since I was little. Um, this goes back to a random uh, kid rock band, not Kid Rock, the artist, a children's rock band named Kidio. Kidio was basically Kiss but multicolored. Okay, and for kids. And they scared the absolute shit out of me when I was like <laughs> four. And uh, ever since then, no clowns, no thanks. I already mentioned that I don't uh, do horror movies. So it is like my, my worst nightmare. Like that is just, I don't sleep for two weeks when I see a commercial for the movie It. So um, yeah, screw that clowns. Get out of here. Side note, the Easter Bunny shove it uh got terrified of him at a easter egg hunt when i was like three or four years old my mom can tell the story of this like six five man in an easter bunny costume that just like scared the shit out of me easter bunny can also shove it last one black coffee love it or shove it i'm gonna say shove it i'm a weird kid i don't drink coffee so all coffee can shove it what okay all right um, I mean, I'm a Canadian, so my blood is 12% Tim Hortons. Um, <laughs> so, but that being said, um, uh, I am not a coffee connoisseur by any means, but if I'm drinking a, I'll call it a chain cup of coffee. So, you know, your Dunkin' Donuts, Tim Hortons, whatever it is, I'm putting something in it, whether it's cream, touch of sugar, whatever it is. Uh, but if I'm drinking a, I'll call it the craft beer of coffees, you know, those kind of like richer brews where my oh, yeah. friends who know coffee are saying, hey, try this, then I'm going to try it au naturel. Um, but for the most part, I guess I'll say shove it because I don't typically drink my coffee uh, black. But yeah, the, uh, only, that, the, only, the only time that I actually ever drink coffee, it's usually with some sort of flavor creamer. So right. in those regards, black coffee can shove it. Right. Yep, I hear that. I know some people who live and die by it. Um, I'm just uh, I'm just not one of those people. So, all right, that's been love it or shove it. Um, but, uh, Jay, I know we kind of teased earlier in the episode that uh, your podcast, which is called uh, It Came From The 80s, obviously tribute to you and Tony's childhood growing up in the 80s. I was born in the 80s, but I missed most of it. Um, but I thought it would be fun since we're kind of doing a bit of a crossover pod here that maybe we do a segment um, and I'll call it it came from the 90s um, because I know that we uh, both experienced all of the 90s together. So I thought it would be neat to, uh, you know, say, hey, you know, we'll uh, we'll throw it to your podcast, you know, which is kind of about the best decade of your life. Um, but I will. um bring it back to a little bit of something that maybe I have um, a little more knowledge of. And since we both experienced the nineties. So, um, so let's do this here called it came from the nineties podcast here on the dad joke loading podcast. 
Uh, Jay, we'll just start off right here. Music from the 90s, obviously much different than music from the 80s. Uh, 80s music is so good. Um, arguably, uh, hot take here, maybe the best decade of music. I mean, there's just, there's just such good music there. But what is your favorite 90s jam? Um, that's a great question. So as any typical kid of the 90s, I have to answer this in one of two ways. My love of music from the 90s went pop to alternative to uh, grunge slash heavy metal slash rap. That is my 90s from 1990 to 1999. That is a spectrum. Yes. So if I had to say, let's start something from the beginning of the early 90s and let's end something at the late 90s. I think I think what's going to span that for me is probably rap. Which is funny because I'm a I'm a I'm not somebody who you look at and say, oh, this guy's into rap. But neither neither of us typically look like hip hop connoisseurs. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Uh Informer by Snow. And the song, because basically it was like the jam of the early nineties. I can think of like <laughs> like sixth grade going to like a summer party, like literally just playing that song on repeat on a tape. And then I graduated high school in the late nineties. And there was, and Tupac came out with a song after he died called Changes. It was on his greatest hits. And I felt like my life was going through changes because I was leaving high school, going into college. I had a car. And there's just something about that beat when this Changes beat drops that's just like, man, Tupac could rhyme. And I, so that's me. What about you? Uh, changes still holds up. Let's be real. That, that song in 2021 still holds up. Um, so for sure, um, I, uh, so you mentioned, um, uh, I think you, you, you didn't give it enough credit here. You said listening to something on tape. Um, my, my first tape that I owned in the nineties was tragic kingdom by no doubt. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. And I loved that album. I would listen to it over and over and over. I mean, Spiderwebs, I'm Just a Girl, Sunday Morning. Uh, I had a, I, I've probably had about a 30-year crush on Gwen Stefani. Um, and so I, uh, so no, no doubt, um, and specifically the Tragic Kingdom album was, was like the essence of my uh, childhood kind of music um, fandom, I guess. I could so see 12 year old Christian singing. I'm just a girl at the top of your lungs. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And previous podcast throw out. Um, that's the reason why captain Marvel made my top five Marvel movies. Um, is because she kicks ass for about two straight minutes to that very song. Um, so, um, so, uh, a great flick there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Jay, obviously you're, I mean, you were, as I say, you're older than me in the nineties. I'm not trying to age you. You were a touch older than me in the nineties. So we might differ a little bit on this, but what was one of your favorite nineties toys? It has to be the super soaker. Oh um, yeah. I mean, I remember, I think I got from like my 11th or 12th birthday, the super soaker 200 it was the one with the strap and the double barrels and something about just a water gun, which water guns were everyone's favorite thing as like preteens, you know, like that 10, 12 year old, because we uh, sometimes get some warm buffaloes here in the Western New York, Southern Ontario area um, with a humidity that's coming right off the lakes. And 
sometimes you just want to blast your best friend in the face with a super soaker. So that's the, I'd have to go with the super soaker was one of the best toys of the early nineties. I feel like the nineties. And I mean, again, that's kind of where I did my growing up, but I feel like that was the birth of the kind of pump action water gun, right? Like I feel yeah. like before it was kind of maybe the pistols over, but that was one where you could actually load up. You cocked it and then you yeah. just pressed the trigger and it shot by and itself. And it was, it was, yeah. I feel like that was the, uh, you know, the birth of the kind of pump action water gun. Mine was uh, actually, uh, believe it or not, the one I was kind of thinking of um, was Marble Works. Okay. Did you ever play remember. with Marble no. Works as a kid? So I Marble Works that. was essentially, um, you could build these racetracks for marbles to race down and you know there were loop to loop swirls jumps you know all these types of things and you would just build them from the ground up and then at the beginning you would put this starting block okay and so you would have six to eight marbles and it was kind of almost like uh you know the um the water slide ride where it looks just like a giant toilet you know when you go oh, yeah. around around yeah. and around, yeah, around. Yeah. okay so that was kind of always the beginning because nice. what what it did was is you launched them all down and then they'd all fight to go down first right and so um yeah my uh my brother and i would play that for hours um and we had multiple boxes of it and i remember you know we'd always wait for uh christmas or birthday um, to kind of get a new piece of Marble Works, whether it was like a loop to loop or whatever, but Marble That's Works awesome. was like one of the uh, the the bigger ones that I remember. Um, all right, I know we talk uh, we've talked a lot about sports. I mean, both in uh, you know in real life and here on the pod together. But uh, give me some '90s uh, favorite '90s sports moments that you recall. My favorite '90s sports moments, without a doubt have to be as a kid growing up in Western New York as a diehard Buffalo Bills fan. And just that buildup of the first Super Bowl, Super Bowl 25. I mean, we know how it ended and the fact that Frank Reich can't hold the ball and Scott Norwood kicked it wide right. Condolences. And, and they, you know, they missed, they made an entire mockery out of it with Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Uh, <laughs> lace, laces out, Dan. Um, but... Uh, Finkel and Einhorn, right? No, but honestly, like the entire buildup of being like a, a, a Buffalo Bills diehard fan in the early 90s, that entire first Super Bowl, Persian Gulf Wars going on, um, you know, basically, you know, Whitney Houston singing the national anthem at the height of, of a war that you're in. And then, you know, your football team's in the championship game. And then we went three more years. We lost them all. Can't stop, won't stop. Still driving myself to this day. My kids are big Bills fans. Um, loved going to the game and crying on national television, obviously. So I have to say the fact that for me, it was definitely uh, almost moments of those early 90 Bills. What about you, buddy? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, well, two. Um, but the first one was the uh, Blue Jays back-to-back World Series championships. Uh, that was 92-93. Uh, now I was pretty young, but I mean, I remember them vividly. I, you know, touch them all, Joe, um, you know, the whole big, the wild thing, um, you know, Mitch Williams and all that big, uh, all that stuff. Uh, I, I remember that vividly. And so, um, I think so back to back, um, blue Jays world championships, I had a VHS of the kind of, uh, you know, of the back to back story and I watched it probably, 
oh, I don't know, at least once a month for probably most of the 90s, um, mm. you know, with uh, with That's my awesome. best friend Pat um, in the basement there, probably in and amongst playing N64 um, and things like that. But uh, so that was that one. Um, and then I'm also a Detroit Red Wings fan, and they won back-to-back cups in 97, 98, you know, Stevie Y, all that good stuff. So um, so that was that was pretty cool, too. But if I had to pick one, it would be the uh, the back-to-back Blue Jays World Series uh, championships because much like the bills, I mean, from the early nineties until really recently, they were, you know, past couple of years, they were, uh, fairly irrelevant on a, uh, championship or at least playoff, um, level. So that was one for me. Um, all right, next one movie or TV show from the nineties that you, you remember being your favorite. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to, it's hard not to go with TV shows like Seinfeld, uh, love Beavis and Butthead. Pretty much any game show on Nickelodeon I loved from Legends of the Temple to Finders, you know, Finders Keepers to Double Dare. Um, movies, I mean, Usual Suspects, Terminator 2, Goodfellas, Pulp Fiction. I mean, those are just classic nostalgic 90s TV shows and movies that are really hard not to uh, love and remember. How about you, buddy? Yeah, see, we're a little bit different, I guess, in that standpoint, which might it, it's weird how there's just I mean, there's a few years difference, but yeah, it's interesting yeah. how much like how different that is, because um, I I mean, Pulp Fiction, such a good movie. But I mean, I didn't get into that until I feel like I was a little bit older and then looked back on it. Uh, you mentioned usual usual suspects, same thing. For me, it was um, like in 90s for TV. We're talking about TV shows. You know, I was a Boy Meets World, you know, Safe by the Bell kind of guy. Um, and then I, I kind of had to split this into two because I feel like there was kind of a TV show and then there was like a cartoon, you know, like you came home after school and watched cartoons, you know, kind of thing. So I was also big into, uh, you know, Power Rangers, you know, uh, Ninja Turtles. Rugrats was huge in the 90s. I remember watching Rugrats all the Snick. time. Snick, what about Are You Afraid of the Dark? So see, again, it kind of, that ah. it goes back to the horror movie thing. Like even then, like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Still too scary for me. So, like, I'm literally not watching it at all. Um, Goosebumps, I remember, was a thing growing up. Like, nope, Goosebumps. I could read the books, not the TV show. Nope, I I I could get partway through that theme uh, where, like, the creepy door opens and then, like, the goo comes down the screen, and that was about as far as I got. Um, So, no, that was was it for me. But movies, um, I mentioned on a previous uh, pod here with Chris, we talked about sport moves and things. Uh, The Sandlot. I mean, oh. The Sandlot was such a good movie. Um, and I remember that vividly also because kind of, you know, speaks to my baseball roots here. The Big Lebowski was a great movie in the 90s, I remember. Um, Low-key movie that I don't think gets enough credit, The Mask, such a good movie. Uh, you know, Jim Carrey, uh, you know, with that stupid green mask and uh, and the whole bit there, which was, which was funny. Um, and uh, arguably one of the best movies of the '90s, Jay. Right? If am I right? Uh, the Phantom Menace. <laughs> uh, no. That no. movie was so terrible. <laughs> it is better than Clone Wars. I will say that. Um, third worst in the franchise. Would you agree? I think I'm going to go third worst of the nine. Um, what would be the worst? The Last Jedi. Without a doubt, with terrible movie. Terrible 40, movie. Spoiler alert: the last ship remaining from the 
the new order and you literally put you have all these star cruisers and for 45 minutes we're going to fire a laser at the ship to remind them that we're here as opposed to calling oh i don't know five or six more star cruisers and blowing that ship out of the friggin' sky and guess what no more good guys dumb terrible luke skywalker was a bitch he would never be like that way, the way he was at Return of the Jedi. I feel like you and me could do an entire episode on Rise of Sky. They kill off Snoke, who was a great villain. Um, yeah, but Snoke yes. was irrelevant. He was. He ends up being irrelevant. Exactly, which was terrible. Because, spoiler alert, if Palpatine's still alive, what the hell is Snoke doing in the first place? Yeah. yeah. And also, if Palpatine's still alive... How does the death of Vader balance the force? What you know? What we, you're right. We could get into a whole. This is a whole other thing. But yeah, I, um, Last Jedi is the worst by far, and then Clone Wars second worst, Phantom Menace third worst. Uh, but Phantom Menace came out in '99, so I had to at least make mention of it because I know it would trigger you so hard. I don't like sand. It gets everywhere. There is absolutely no connection on screen between Padme and Anakin, um, despite being a large um, fan of the actress who plays Padme, uh, myself. Oh, I'm a huge Natalie Portman fan. Yeah. Um, but at least Phantom Menace gave us um, Darth Maul. And for anybody who's a Clone Wars fan or um, Star Wars Rebels, in many ways, those cartoons made the prequels better. And yes. the fact that Darth Maul is a great character and there's so much to him, the fact that you're introduced to him, it's the first when you when you look at it from the small steps of it's the first introduction of the first time a Jedi and a Sith have interacted in over a thousand years. It is the introduction of who Anakin Skywalker becomes and you know his downward path. And you simply can find a way just to get rid of the Gungans and Jar Jar Binks. It's not as terrible of a film, but there are just certain things that bring it so way down. Just a quick side note, you've been watching The Bad Batch at all? I have not. Um, you, I think you talked about that at golf. Um, I do want to watch it. I still have to finish watching the last four or five episodes of the last season of Clone Wars, and then um, I will jump into it. it I, have been wa- I have been watching the uh, Loki, which is really, really good. Oh, see, I haven't started that because I'm going to be uh, – I'm going to admit something I'm not proud of. Uh, I haven't finished WandaVision um, and have not watched any of Falcon or Winter Soldier. So um, I am uh, a little bit behind. So I've heard Loki is quite good, though. Three episodes in. It's crazy to think it's only going to be a six-episode show. But uh, Tom Middlestat or Middleson is a fabulous actor, and um, he does really well in this role for him. All right, last one uh, in the came from the '90s version of the Dad Joke Loading podcast. Favorite '90s video game? I'd have to go with Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It is a by far simply amazing game. And um, interesting, okay. And the only other one that I would throw out there is pretty much as a kid of the '90s who loved the Buffalo Sabers. Um, any of the NHL games, NHL '94, when the first time you could do a one timer. Um, to NHL 93 when you can make a little Wayne Gretzky bleed. That always made me happy. <laughs> Shout out for any of our Swingers fans. Um, yeah. um, I was an N64 kid. So 
Um, you know, Super Mario 64 Golden Eye, you oh, know, Golden when that came great. out, I remember when that uh and then um Zelda, I remember, you know, playing Zelda on 64 and Ocarina of Time and that type of thing. And then late 90s, I was huge into Pokémon, you know, when that came out. I think that was late 90s, whether it was, I don't know, 97 or 98, but um so I was huge into that. I was never like a PlayStation kid. I was always a Nintendo kid. Uh so uh, yeah, 64 was kind of where I, uh, where I kind of did most of my gaming as a, as a youth. Um, and it started, I remember with Super Mario 64 and an N64 on Christmas morning, um, in the mid nineties. So, uh, but that's our quick trip around the nineties here. Uh, Jay joining me here again on the podcast here. Um, it, his podcast, it came from the eighties podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but we will take a quick break here. And then when we come back, uh, we're going to finish off the show with a little neighbor versus neighbor. That's neighbor without a U versus neighbor with a U. Um, but you can check in with us on the show at loading dad on Twitter at dad joke loading podcast on Instagram and also dad joke loading podcast at gmail.com send us your favorite uh, 80s or 90s things um and uh or your uh hot star wars takes about how the last jedi is by far the worst movie of the entire franchise but we will be right back here on the podcast again that's jay i'm christian we'll be back in a minute Luke Skywalker has always been unlucky with love because he looks in all the wrong places. I'm Christian. That's Jay. And welcome back to the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. Uh, we're going to close out the episode here uh, with a uh, little game of neighbor versus neighbor. Now, that's neighbor without a U versus neighbor with a U. Obviously, Jay being American, me being Canadian. Um, so we're going to go toe-to-toe on a few kind of Canada versus America things, as we have done previously together. Um, but before we do, um, I, I mean, even though sometimes, you know, we I know we are doing it jokingly, of course, that neighbors can be at odds with one another. Neighbors often end up sharing more with each other than I think really they intend. And uh, Jay, I think you can attest to and uh, have experienced that um, although we are separated by uh, uh, just a driveway, um, when our windows are open, it's like we're in the same room sometimes. And we uh, have probably heard each other either scream uh, or, you know, or yell or, or say things that are extremely hilarious. But one particular story sticks out to me, and I know you know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so I'll let you uh, exp- set that story up here for the listeners. Yeah, thanks, buddy. So um, as was previously shared the first time that I co-hosted, and I'll happily share it here with the listeners, I am a dad of three kids. I have two boys and a daughter. Seven, five, and three are their ages. Uh, this story actually sets us back, though, probably five, six years ago. Um, at that time, I only had my son, my oldest. And uh, this story is so funny. Um, we were in the process of potty training our son. And obviously, as any parent knows, um, and Christian's going through it now, it's the stages of, you know, the getting them to go number one is pretty easy. You know, it's you reward them with a piece of candy or a big applause. You make a big deal of it. But sometimes that number two can be a little bit more difficult 
And as they say, and as I've learned actually with comparing my sons to my daughter, uh, having learning have boys go number two, um, it for some reason seems to be a little bit harder in the potty seat versus uh, my daughter. So there is a story that actually happens where at the time we, um, we have a hot tub in my backyard. Christian has been over with his wife numerous times, sometimes throwing back a few uh, hard seltzers slash alcoholic beverages, shall we say, that have been enjoyable and fun to share in. Um, but we would sometimes like take our son into the hot tub. And uh, my wife, the one time, uh, ended up finding out that my son ended up pooping his pants as opposed to going on the potty seat. And he was probably two, maybe almost three at this time. And she yelled out, big boys who poop their pants don't get to go into the hot tub. And this is a story that I had no idea. But as Christian can tell it, it was something that my wife projected loud enough that um, has often been said, I think, at your house, right, buddy, between you and your wife? Yeah, we. it was – so, I mean, at the previous time that Jay was on, we talked about the um, his oldest son, um, you know, stealing the flags and naked belly flopping into the pool. <laughs> um, but this was one. And like you mentioned, this was you. Uh, it's crazy to think now that you only had the one kid at this point. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, funny how times have changed. But. Um, yeah, my, my wife and I are, you know, recently into our house, uh, you know, so it's the summertime, you know, we're, I mean, who the heck knows what we're doing at this point. I mean, he was, like you mentioned, he was probably two going on three. So it's probably early enough in the evening. So maybe just after dinner or something like that. And, uh, my wife and I are just, you know, we've got the windows open cause it's a nice summer day or whatever. And just out of nowhere, we just hear, you know, we just hear this bellow, you know, big boys who poop their pants, don't go in the hot tub. And we died laughing. Um, and, <laughs> and, and it took us a while to, I think, even bring it up. Um, just because, you know, you gotta, you gotta pick your spot when you're bringing up the story to say, Hey, I heard you yelling about your son pooping his pants. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we still reference that story to this day. Um, you know, whether it's about our daughter, um, or just, you know, whatever it is, you know, um, you know, being allowed to do something or, you know, not doing something until you've completed a certain task. Yeah. We reference it quite frequently, um, you know, in our household, but that, uh, you know, but yeah, big boys who poop their pants don't go in the hot tub. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny because I clearly remember my wife saying it, my son didn't get to go in the hot tub, but I feel like having now heard or reheard that story from Christian and his wife after the words, it's just one of those small, funny stories, just like the same son stealing those flags. Um, that is just one of those stories that I'm sure you will tell at his wedding down the road someday. Oh, he's going to be, yeah, he's, he might want to consider not inviting me um, because <laughs> the, yeah, the embarrassing material that we have is uh, on him is, uh, is is quite extensive um and he's a great kid don't like this is this is not an indictment on him at all i mean i feel like every kid has their um hilarious uh whether it's naked belly flop or you know hot tub poop pants story but uh <laughs> but uh, i remember one story though just about this as quickly before we get into uh neighbor versus neighbor here about a text you sent me one time 
And it was, I want to say it was in the morning. I think you were getting your kids ready to go for the day, <laughs> if I remember correctly. And and I get this text from Jay. And now we normally text first thing in the morning. Now, nowadays, it's more rubbing in, in each other's faces about, you know, the baseball picks we got right from the night before. But um, and I just get this text and it's just, man, I'm really sorry you had to hear that. And I didn't hear anything. And so I'm like, what do you mean? And he just and then then the text chain just starts about he's just like, oh, man, I had to light into my kids this morning. They weren't getting ready. Uh, it was terrible. I was yelling and screaming at them and arguing with my wife and all this. He's like, I'm really sorry that you if you heard any of that. And I didn't hear any of it, but just the knowledge. And this was obviously post, uh, you know, big boys who poop their pants don't go in the hot tub. <laughs> so it's established that we know that the voices carry far enough, but just the, the initial reaction of Jay tending a text to just be like, I'm really sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> that to this day, uh, we'll text each other once in a while to be like, did you hear that? Uh, because, uh, because we know with the windows open that time, that time flies. I remember that vividly. That was really funny. Yeah. And the only thing I can say on that, cause it's, it's actually happened both ways is, and neither of us, I think will admit that even if we do hear each other screaming either at our wives or children or just a level of frustration, we always do do the neighborly thing and say, oh, no, I didn't hear you, um, just in case, <laughs> right? Uh, but Yeah, what, that, what, whatever do you mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I want is Christian to know that he's living next door to some crazy person who all he does is yell at his screaming as kids. I mean, having three kids is like herding cats, if anybody ever heard that expression. So, um but yeah, no, I do appreciate the fact that I get that random text message back that says, hey, uh, nope, no worries, man. We've been there or uh, didn't hear anything. And then maybe on the golf course, we then vent about uh, that scenario in a little bit more detail. And admit that we actually did hear it. Yeah, exactly. All righty. So, okay. With that being said, now that we've exchanged the pleasantries and uh, talked about pooping our pants, um, let's get into neighbor versus neighbor. And uh, this is going to be two neighbors from different countries going toe to toe um, and talking about the differences between their respective countries. So we're going to do this where we're going to talk about a couple of things and how they are different between Canada and the United States and then just kind of talk about which one we prefer. Um, So, Jay, we're going to start out neighbor versus neighbor. First one, beer. Okay. Canadian versus American beer. Which do you like better? Um, in my early 20s, it would definitely have to be Canadian beer. And I preface that by saying the fact that I may have shared on the previous prod that I was a co-host. Um, the drinking age in Canada is 19 as opposed to 21 in the States. So when you are 19 years old, you sneak over or not sneak over, you legally go over to Canada and you drink uh, Canadian beer, right? You're drinking that higher percentage of alcohol. Alcohol, the Labatt Ice, the Molson Triple X, right? Anything that's a higher percentage because as opposed to a Miller Lite, a Bud Light as anything that you might find in the States, it just isn't the same, right? But I have to say, Canada, you guys need to step up your game um, because I'd say in the last 10 years, the American IPA, and for Christian will also say, the American Sour Game has gotten awesome. Um, We are kicking our butt. I mean... I will say, I mean, 
Christian and I both just named off two beers and both of them are made right here in the States. I don't think in the times that we've been sharing back our beer, whoever wins the week in the five for five, a Canadian beer has been shared. But I do have to give a shout out. Huh. You know what? You might be right on that, actually. Yeah. I do have to give a shout out to one Canadian brewery um, that I do enjoy a beer. It's the Wellington Brewery. Mm. um, And it is their uh, special pale ale, their SPA. That is one of my favorite beers from uh, Canada. We have friends that have a lake house, their parents do, up in Southampton, up on Lake Huron. And he would always bring uh, some SPA when we'd be sitting around the fire. And anytime I can go to the beer store and find some SPA, I always pick up a, a six-pack to uh, enjoy, for sure. So I would say, America, we're just doing better right now in the beer game than Canada. So I think I have two different answers to this question. Because I feel like, like you mentioned, over the past, well, I don't, I don't know, maybe necessarily a time frame, but whenever the craft beer era began, um, I think is is really when the equality has started to really, you know, show itself. But if we're talking about the, um, I don't even know how to describe it, like the more popular kind of brand name beers. So you mentioned kind of your your Buds, your Blues, your Michelobes, your Millers, and that type of thing versus your Canadian versions. So your Alexander Keiths, your Mooseheads, your those type of things. I think your Canada, right? I think I think Canada wins in that field, hands down. I hundred percent agree. And I think it's and like I think you mentioned it's the alcohol content. You know, like to me, American domestic beer is apple juice. It tastes me. like just, water. I mean, right. if, if I'm going to have a Coors Light, I might as well just drink a glass of water. Right, you like know? you drink Coors Light to hydrate yourself. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but that being said, in the kind of craft beer microbrewery standpoint, um, I think it's a lot closer. And then I think it's really just based on preference. You know, like I said, we have a ton of them here in New York that are that are great. Um, there are, I mean, there are some microbreweries up in, in Canada that I will literally fund, you know, keep them going myself because they're so good. Um, Jay, if you ever get back up to Niagara on the Lake, Oast House Brewery in Niagara on the Lake, that's what, uh, that was the, those are the kegs we had at our wedding. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, till the end of time. Uh, they're, they're actually, they make an APA, which is funny that it's in Canada. They're making an American pale ale, but, um, but yeah, I think Why the craft it? brewery is a little bit, like I say, I think it's pretty, you're pretty close there. You're six, one half dozen, the other. Yeah. Why do they call it a CPA? Uh, cause that's, that's an accountant. I think it'd be too confusing. <laughs> Are we just uh, trying to make our own dad jokes right now? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Next one. Milk in a bag versus a carton. Okay, so for me as an American, um, I grew up as a kid clearly always drinking milk in a carton or milk in a plastic jug, right? Um, Think about it from the perspective of it's midnight and you want a swig. How many people have walked into the fridge and just grabbed that milk carton, opened it up, and took a quick swig and put it back into the container? That's me, you know, as a kid, as it was somebody in their 20s or 30s. The first time I ever saw milk in a bag, I was like, come on. You know, you need a pair of scissors to drink. Like, what are you supposed to do if, like, you don't have a scissors? Do you just take a straw and just stab it to, like, hopefully make sure it's okay? 
Sorry, buddy. I love Canada, but I got to go USA all the way on this one. Okay, so yeah, this is this is a hill that I'm going to plant my flag on and die on. Um, and it's it's milk in a bag. And so yes, I understand your concept of the uh, having to open it and the midnight swig. I will I will I will I will give you it. I will not agree, but I will allow it. However, as soon as you open that carton or that jug, that milk starts to go. And you get halfway down that jug and you cannot there is no one alive that can convince me that milk halfway down that jug is just as fresh as it was when you opened it. It's almost like it starts to spoil immediately. Whereas in a bag, your kind of general, you know, your gallon jug here in the United States versus your, you know, three to four liters in bags in Canada, it splits into three bags. And so when you're still not drinking those second and third bags, they're staying crisp and fresh. And so you're just getting fresh milk. So imagine that you just cracked the carton or just cracked the jug, that first swig of that fresh milk. You're getting that every single time with milk in a bag because it never it never goes um, sour or it never starts to fade at all. It's just always crisp and fresh all the time. And so, yeah, I got to put it in that little pitcher. And yeah, I got to, you know, snip the end every time I got to open a new bag. But you know what? I'm going to take that 10 times out of 10 because I know that I'm going to get Canadian crisp fresh milk with every swig. So for me, Maple Leaf, ride till I die on that one. Um, All right, next one here, um, which is a kind of an interesting concept because they're they're in in a little bit of a different category than one another, but bacon. What you got? So honestly, this is going to sound terrible and I'm probably going to lose followers to It Came From Nadies Podcast. (laughs) But Canadian bacon doesn't do anything for me. I'm sorry. Um, first time I had it, I think I was 12, 13, and I'm like, this is just ham. Um, you know, this isn't Easter. This isn't Christmas. Give me the pig. Give me American bacon and my slabs of uh, pound of heart attack waiting to happen and uh, the traditional bacon that everyone knows all day long. Even if we want to be healthy and call it turkey bacon, I will eat turkey bacon over Canadian bacon. Sorry. You know, didn't you just start off this podcast by saying you were challenging Canada to you wanted more listeners from Canada? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm bashing your milk in a bag, your Canadian beer, your <laughs> Canadian bacon. You know, um, hey, it's been a long 17 months. I can't wait to get back to Canada. Um, I really miss going to Canada because it's a wonderful country. I did mention on my last podcast that the friendliest people I've ever met are Canadians. So, um, and I live right next door to one, um, stop blushing. Um, but, <laughs> You're but, on, but honestly, like, um, I don't know, like ham is just okay to me and Canadian bacon just reminds me of ham, honestly. So I guess it depends on what you're going for because there's, t- there's the traditional, you know, like eggs and bacon, right. Or like the breakfast sandwich with bacon. Or, you know, or like if you're going, uh, you know, you're hungover, you're going to the diner and you're getting your couple of eggs and bacon and toast. Right. You and so decrease, decrease. Yeah. Right. So like so I understand that concept. But 
Canadian bacon just tastes so good. It's just, and and maybe it's nostalgia, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe it just tastes like home to me. Um, that being said, if you've, if you're eating Canadian bacon and you think it's ham, uh, someone's made the bacon wrong. Um, so it's, it, to me, it's, I, while I understand and I enjoy, uh, the bacon that you are describing, not that it's technically American bacon per se, no, but, the, but there's, but the strips of bacon, uh, there's just something about that kind of, uh, almost kind of, uh, oval shaped patty of, of Canadian bacon that is, uh, that is so delicious um, that I will take if if offered the choice I will take Canadian bacon um, ten times out of ten. Uh, I think most Canadians will probably so. Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, but there are tons of Canadians I know who uh, you know if going to the restaurant they're going to take those strips of bacon. Now that being said, most of my friends who I'm going out to breakfast with were typically hungover so they're probably <laughs> going for the greasier option um but that's a story for another day but uh but that's it for this episode uh, jay it's been really fun again catching up with you uh playing a little neighbor versus neighbor uh reminiscing about the 90s um so we really appreciate you coming back um before we go why don't you just give a quick shout out again for it came for the 80s podcast for us yeah, thanks, Christian. Thanks again for once again having me back here on the Dadgel Floating Podcast. I was happy to come back on this podcast after Christian said our episode was one of the most listened and downloaded episodes of all of them. So joking, of course, I'm not exactly sure what the numbers are. but uh, I actually all- don't know that, to be honest with you. Uh, I actually don't know the numbers, but, uh, but it was a lot of fun. So it, that yeah. being said, a fun alone, uh, definitely had to have you back. No, but I'll honestly, thanks for having me back. Really appreciate this pod. I look forward to listening to it when it drops on Monday mornings, and it helps uh, when I'm driving to drop children off at some location, right? But <laughs> but in all honesty, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, please come listen if you grew up in the 80s or you knew people that grew up in the 80s and you love topics and things of the 80s, whether it's music, uh, video games, TV shows, we got a couple of great episodes coming up in the recent here. We got one coming up on fashion and hairstyles. We have one coming up on MTV. We have one that's going to be recording really soon, dropping on Friday 13th. Uh, the only Friday 13th of 2021 is going to be the one on Jason Voorhees and Friday 13th. So, Christian, you probably will not listen to that episode. but um, I might listen. I'm just not going to watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. but uh, came from the 80s podcast, available on all major podcast networks. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Came From The 80s. Uh, once again, thank you very much. Love this podcast. Please go and support Chris and Christian and all that they do. Um, it's a wonderful podcast. Um, and I love what you guys take care of and do so. Well, we appreciate that very much, Jay. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the kind words. And before we go, I always have to say thank you to producer Ryan, um, always for making us sound great. Uh, Vishal Murthy, Michael Spicer, of course, our wives, uh, and children for allowing us to do this. And my neighbor, Jay, um, as much as we joke uh, about being neighbor versus neighbor, uh, really could not ask for uh, a better family next door. So I do really appreciate that. Um, check us out on Twitter, at Loading Dad, uh, Instagram, Dad Joke Loading Podcast, and Dad Joke Loading Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your questions, comments, uh, fashion tips, recipes, concerns, you name it. So want to hear all that. Before we get you out of here, we can't finish dad joke loading without one final dad joke.
So Jay, um, I know I told you that I went for a job interview recently um, at Ikea. And uh, I went into uh, the interview and the manager said, hey, nice to meet you. Come on in. Make a seat. (laughs) That's it for us here on the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. That's Jay guest hosting with me this week. I'm Christian. Thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you soon. 